Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Man on the Post section of Times, part of the World Football Index. Uh, I'm your host, I am Chris, uh, and with me for some post-Christmas uh, detox after gluttony, I've got Jesse. Hello. Hi, Chris. Hi, everybody. How are you? I'm great. I am. Um, I want to do some great and gluttonous rhyme, but I have nothing. Probably in like 15 minutes, I'll come up with it. I can't think anything does rhyme with gluttonous, does it? I know, right? I All right, we'll have to break into whatever chat we're having when we when we realize what does you'll leap out of bed about three o'clock tomorrow morning and have an answer <laughs> i'm gonna skype you yeah chris yeah. i've got it i got it <laughs> did you um, did you have a good christmas were you did you eat well and all that well you know this that i'm a vegetarian so i don't oh, know if my Sorry, definition yes. of well meshes with anybody else's definition of well my well involved a lot of red meat i have to admit mm, i had really good brussels sprouts does that count? Mm, only if they've got bacon with them. The, ooh, mushrooms? I'm trying. I'm really trying. Oh. I know. I couldn't be a vegetarian. I know. I was, Sorry, I was, everyone. I was a vegetarian for like three weeks at school, and in the end, I just couldn't hack it anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> nice... when you're a vegetarian, there's always room for dessert, and that's great. And I did a lot of baking. Baking, by the way. That's not bacon. Baking. Yeah, but I miss my yeah. dead cow. Oh, no. <laughs> I live with the university. I live with a vegetarian, and she said the one thing that would ever tempt her to the dark side again was um, the smell of bacon cooking. And she used to eat smoky bacon crisps because they didn't have any bacon in, obviously. But um, I'm a little worried. What do they have in them? Well, no, they're they're, they're vegetarian, but it's just bacon flavoring. Oh. But interesting. She would eat them because it sort of got over her temptation. You know, I've been a vegetarian for such a long time that I don't. I don't think there's anything that really could do it. Really? I don't know. Yeah. And remember, I go down to South America where, like, you don't eat if there's no meat. Oh, yes. That must be hard. Everyone's a gaucho, aren't they? I know. I know. So yeah. I feel like if I've survived, you know, trips to the land of cow and cow, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm yeah. resolute. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this week we're going to be talking about the uh, Premier League matches coming over this New Year weekend. Uh, we're going to be doing a little review of 2016 and a sort of halfway preview for the Premier League because um, after this weekend we're halfway through the season already. It's you, crazy. You start the season, don't you? And you think, well, you know, you're just sort of getting into it and this is a good start by whoever's making a good start. And then all of a sudden you're halfway through. And that's when you get worried. Do you get worried? About what? How, uh, about Liverpool? Oh, constantly, yeah. But that's sort of 20-odd years of knowing they're going to fail. But we've got Jürgen. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like Jürgen is sort of messianic for you guys. I do. I feel that if ever... I would, if I, I feel he would give the best hugs, I think. If, I, if, if he was here with me and I told him I was feeling nervous for Liverpool and everything, he'd tell me it would all be okay and he'd give me a nice big hug and it would be fine. 
He'd whisper it in German too. Oh, he would. I don't know any German, but I'm sure <laughs> I've got a German brother-in-law as well. But there you go. But, um, but yeah, oh, he would. It'd all be fine. Um, what do you wear for Tottenham? Always, always. Exactly. We were in the best contention, and we suddenly lost. To, I mean, it's of course. There's a verb. I mean, spursing is a verb. It's it's you sort of expect to fail when you're doing well. Yes, otherwise called life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look, okay, well, we'll come to that in a little bit. Uh, I didn't realise this game was actually going on tonight, but it's uh, Hull versus Everton at the moment, which you're recording. I am. I'm. Rec- this is what happens when I am on winter break. I get to stay at my parents' house, and they have their magical television set where I can record games, and it's it's great it's like the one time i really really enjoy technology all right so by the time the nikki barmby derby is finished um people... hull will have won 16 nothing 16 nothing go on then give people yeah. a prediction so when they listen to this they can go wow she's really good when they right uh okay so here's the th- hull i just i want something great to happen for them they're just not nothing's going well for them they're they're going to possibly be called the whole tigers that's terrible it's a terrible place um, it's a ter- <laughs> i don't know about that but but i take your word for it um their owner is trying to, to change up their management and nobody's happy with that so not even in in that level are things going well um but in this last game against man city i actually was pretty impressed with their fearlessness i thought you know snodgrass is playing really well um he wants to go they've (laughs) i think they've got some really strong players i you know livermore i I think does okay for them with what he's got um i i think they have phenomenal hair um They've but, got lots of experts players, haven't they? Brian Mason, Michael Dawson. They do. They do. And, and listen, Dawson had some pretty great shots. Um, but, and they, you know, when the ridiculous penalty happened, Hall really had the run of play. Um, I think, I think that Hall really I wonder, I don't know, what do you think that they're going to do in this January transfer window? Do they... Nothing. I think there are so many holes. <laughs> there are so many holes for Hull. Hull holes. Hull holes. Um, but, but at the same time, I also think that they do... There's... The teacher in me sort of wants to, like, take them to a desert island and give them a rah-rah pep talk and, and, and tell them to work with what they've got and just work better together. Mm-hmm. Um because I, I think where they, they just sort of fall to pieces um, where they shouldn't. And that's so sad. Oh. And so I think it's, it's, the, it's the part of me that really wants to see an underdog succeed that's going to predict that they are going to beat Everton mm. with, a, with a stunning header mm. from... Oh, oh, with a header from Curtis Davis because he was the one who gave up the own goal, and so I want him to get it back. That's okay. Gonna happen. A Curtis Davis yeah. winner, and then the comeback for the season starts here. 
Yes. Yeah. This is going to be it. They're going to like realize their potential and it's going to be, they're going to be the lesser story of this season. Which means they'll win the Premier League next season. Okay. All right. So they're going to come in like fourth. So they're going to qualify for Europa and, and, and that's going to take them into next season's win. It's going to be really great. It's going to be remarkable. Okay, well, put your money on that then, Hall fans, if we okay, have great. a listen. <laughs> uh, also coming this weekend, we've got Burnley in 14th versus Sunderland in 18th. Um, mm, Sunderland had that loss to Manchester United, didn't they, uh, the yeah. other day? And Burnley beat Middlesbrough 1-0, didn't they? Morally, they, did Sunderland win that because they had the better Because goal? of that Victorian goal? No, well, no, because of the uh, Barini goal. Ah, um, I mean, did they get both? That Mkhitaryan goal was beautiful, but that was offside, man. Mm. It was. Listen, could... <sighs> yes, I think that Bruni goal, which was... I mean, I don't know who saw that one coming, and I'm calling Hull winning. I didn't even see that one coming. <laughs> um... I do like Barini. I was quite sad for we sold him. You did have Barini, yeah. Mm. Um, I just think Barini's lacking a little bit of of um discipline. You know, he definitely is he Argentinian? He's Argentinian. He's Italian, isn't he? Is he? I'm sure he's oh, Italian. Oh then I Is he? Alright, then I won't say that it's the Argentinian in him that causes him to go off the handle. Oh well, unless he's a Sorry, Maro, Sorry Italians. Unless he's a Mauro Cremonese type uh, Italian. Because he was born ah, in Argentina, wasn't he? I'm gonna have to pull some I'm gonna have to Wikipedia Fabio Barini. Um, either I way, I, I it was highly this... offensive of me to stereotype a nation. Well, I, I would fine. do it we, anyway. we, we do offence on here, that's fine. I didn't realise until oh, the other day that Gonzalo Higuain was born in France. Yeah. Am I late to that yeah. party? Which is why we don't hate him mm. as Uruguayans. Like on the scale, on the spectrum of Argentinians that, you know, we're going to really dislike. He'd come in like 10th. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know. I always got the impression that Uruguayans hate Paraguayans, if only for the fact of the name. We're great with them. We did like have, our Guay cousins. Did you have a big war against them? <laughs> it's such a long time ago. Oh, okay. We're all over that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We really save our, our, our feelings for the Argentinians. Um, Barini, I think, yeah, I, I do think Sunderland, you're right, pulled back um, some sort of Victor, I think Mourinho was mad, and that's always fun to see. Yeah, and they did have moments. And Echebi is just. Am I not saying it correctly? I also need somebody to tell me how to pronounce his name correctly. You're, you're almost there. Mm, Anichebi. Nope, that's, that's not it. it. That's it. Is it? Yes. Great. So Anichebi is so stunningly strong. The problem is when there's nobody supporting him. It's wasted. Mm. Um, but to see him really just create plays on one end of the field and then on the other end of the field pick them up is unbelievable. Um, I think they're going to lose. Are they going to lose him for the Africa Cup of Nations coming up? Uh, yeah, he and Dong, I think, I could be called up for Nigeria. Okay. So that might be an issue. Well, Burnley got Jeff Hendricks suspended, but Sunderland have lost Jordan Pickford for the next eight weeks or so. <gasps> and he's done really well for them, hasn't he? Ooh. Jordan Pickford, I think, is phenomenal and is only going to get better mm. with age, which I love saying. 
<laughs> People are going to get better with age. It just makes me feel better about my own life. Um, Sunderland have lost. Oh, uh, they've only lost one of the. That's last a lot for them. They lost Pickford. They, they're going to lose and and oh, a Nietzsche be. I'm going to get it there, and they're going to lose. They're gonna lose That's a big. Well. Yeah, for Nigeria. Mm. And yeah, and like you say, and Dong's going as well, isn't he? So. Yeah. Um. Wait, and then they've lost Jordan Pickford. He is out injured for two months. So that, that's. So Chris, I think you have to be ready to get called up for Sunderland because I don't know how deep their bench is. <laughs> I'll get my boots out. <clears throat> <laughs> well, actually, I think if we're going to have a review of the league, uh, a, a review of 2016, I scored two goals in midweek, which I'm quite happy to put in contention for goal of the season. Well, and if you if you start playing for Sunderland, then. I believe that goes to the best game of the season for Sunderland. Yeah, okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, Great. I'm going to go for a Burnley win because they seem to be pretty good at Turf Moor, don't they? Yeah, they somehow pull it out, don't they? It's one of those places that's big and ugly and northern and proud. <laughs> well, you know, most places are north of where I am, but <laughs> it's up north and it's cold and, you know, it's just the crowd are on top of you. They all look like they've been on a Game of Thrones or something. And it's the sort of place that intimidates away teams. And Liverpool saw it earlier on this season when they lost 2-0 there. Um, they have a pretty good home record, don't they? Somehow. Why can't that translate to winning, to consistency? What happens? I don't know. Is that like Bolivia, like it's the altitude thing? Is it just that people get intimidated playing there? Uh, I think it is a little bit of that. But then I don't understand... I don't understand... I, I've had this a couple of years ago. Manchester City were winning a lot at home but couldn't win away. And I kind of think, well, this is, you know, six one like Sergio Aguero, who is a footballer who's obviously been the best footballer wherever he's played at whatever club he's played at pretty much, all through from being a child to being a grown-up as he is now. And he gets to an away game and he thinks, oh, I don't fancy this. There's, <laughs> there's, there's something very strange going on there because Burnley aren't as good away as they are at home. I get the point about turf ball being some kind of fortress but then to go away and think oh I don't fancy it much here I don't know I don't quite get that somehow yeah um, yeah something's got to give you need a you need a, a therapist to come in and fix the mindset yeah I think it must do I think it must do well look we'll move on to Swansea versus Bournemouth um Swansea oh. 19th I was going to talk to you about this because I I went a bit ranty on Twitter this week with Rob Bradley being sacked. Um, I don't think he's been given a fair crack of the whip at all. And I think he's... I think there's a lot of American snobbery in it. And I don't think he's given a chance to I would love to hear your opinion on this. I, you know, I have no... I have no patriotic affinity towards Bob Bradley, but I think that giving somebody this really insanely short amount of time is both incredibly unfair to the man himself and also to the team. Well, I mean, he's something like their fifth manager in two years. He's had 11 games. <clears throat> he's not really had a transfer window to work on these players. He's not had a chance to bring any of his own in. Right. Um, and he's had the same pile of tosh that Guidlin had to work with beforehand. Plus, he's had no Ashley Williams, uh, who's left um, as well. So... Yeah, that's like the mainstay of their team. But I think he was definitely on a hiding to nothing when he got here. Um, there was people, there's various pundits that go on sort of matches over here and oh, they're just vile, vile people. People like Chris Sutton, Robbie Savage, people like that who won't give 
someone a bit different a chance. And you could see it on Twitter, people say, well, he's not experienced enough for the Premier League. And you think, well, this is a guy who's been a manager for 20 years. He managed oh. Egypt through a revolution. You know, that's slightly more than keeping Swansea in some <laughs> places. Right. And when you say through a revolution, you mean on field revolution. Off field revolution. Ushering players into the, into the dressing room when, you know, rockets were raining down. Exactly. This is not, right. Yeah, he was there with Port Said. He was there with yeah. uh, with all sorts of them as well. Yeah. And the people saying because he's American, he doesn't have experience of promotion and relegation either. And you think well, he's not managed in the MLS for ten years? He's managed in Norway. He's managed in France. An excellent MLS. So he he managed the the Metro Stars, currently the Red Bulls. But I again, I don't like change very much. And that was my my team. And he was a phenomenally stead. Maybe it's not the right term but he he really took his time and and turned the team around but it did take time and I think that had Swansea looked at that they should have known what they were getting in Bob Bradley this was not a manager that was going to come in and turn the team around in 11 matches so if that's what they were expecting this was a young man and that's 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 right but if you if you know if you choose Bob Bradley for a reason, then give Bob Bradley the time to do what he does. Yes, exactly. You don't give him three months and panic again. Right. And like you said, you don't give him three months with this group of men and and no opportunity to do anything. That's like putting me in there, which would be really fun. But that's like putting me in there <laughs> and saying... Hold down the fort. We'll see you in January, which is essentially what they did. They used him as a babysitter. Yeah. I mean, he's not a Jefferson Montero either, who's been injured. And as inconsistent right. as he is, he is a sort of player that can win you some games as well. Absolutely. So what happens now with well, Swansea? You know, what, what, what does this say? Does this send a message to the players that they've also failed? That there's no trust in them? I don't think it does because... If that was the case, then you would give Bradley till January to ship out the players he didn't want and bring mm. in his own players. Uh, by getting rid of the manager, they've had a free pass, kind of. But um, Chris Coleman has ruled himself out. Ryan Giggs, who, for some reason, he seems to be up there as a favourite. Um, and Paul Clement as well, the um, assistant to Carlo Ancelotti over at Bayern Munich. Mm who he had a little go with Derby he did okay with Derby didn't he um, and then he went back to, he got sacked from Derby and went back to uh, Ancelotti but this also seems like they don't know what they're looking for because those three names are entirely different from each other yes exactly exactly Gary Rowett's been touted as well um, who did well in the championship with Birmingham and also at Burton as well down in League One he's not a bad manager I don't know. It seems like at this point, mid-year, with a team that, again, is just seems to be falling to pieces and has no form, you'd want to bring somebody in who, at the very least, is going to just keep you out of relegation and put you back together a little bit. Hmm. Is yeah. that going to make drastic changes? Pardy, Maybe. Pardy's been linked again. Oh, really? Are we yeah. going to do that again? Well, exactly. I mean, that's the thing as well. It, it, you, people talk here about um, 
Bradley not having Premier League experience and he's not a winner and all this sort of thing. Well, you get these serial managers who are serially sacked like Pardew and Allardyce and people like that. And no one questions their ethics or, you know, no one questions their uh, ability to do the job, despite the fact they keep getting booted from loads of places. I think Pardew and Allardyce should be one should be like a duo now, like Pallardyce. And anytime anybody loses their job, you should bring just one or the other. It should be, it doesn't matter which one, because it's basically the same. Yep. <laughs> you should just bring Dice in. Same thing. Well, that'd be good if they were one person, because it would save you having to see them separately, which would be even worse. <laughs> it's like with the Soviet Union broke up all those years ago. You know, instead of having one big, terrible enemy, you've now got 12 little ones. <laughs> you get Bosnia, Herzegovina, you get... Yeah. Big Sam Pardew. Exactly. Somebody's going to make a face swap and it's going to be the most terrifying, hysterical thing we've ever seen. <laughs> Please, somebody who's listening who knows how to do that, swap out. Oh, that would Sam be Allardyce's face for Helen Pardew's. I don't know how. So who's going to win this one? Swansea have lost four out of their last five, conceding 15 goals. Um, Bournemouth lost three out of their last four. Um, but in that, they've conceded um, three goals in four out of those five games. Basically, everyone lets a lot of goals in. Yeah, and Nathan I don't back. know. And when these guys play, they play. Bournemouth have to win. When they somehow they pull it together, and when they pull it together, they play. They play well. Mm. Um, and they surprise you, which is very annoying because you can never call it. So I'm calling it. How's that? You're calling it for who? Sorry, I'm calling it for Bournemouth because they just make it impossible to call it. Yeah, well, they beat us the other yeah. Week. That's why. it's You never know. And then they come out and they do it, and then they, they just go to shit the rest of the time. <laughs> <I've> got... <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Alan Pardew, it's uh, Arsenal in fourth versus Crystal Palace in the 17th. This is the Eddie McGoldrick derby, if you remember him. <laughs> you... <laughs> We're going very back in the day with him. I like it. Yeah, well, it seems like back in the day. It was like 1993, which is, although it's like 24 years ago in two days' time, it seems like 10 minutes ago. Oh, in two days' time. Oh, no. You're making it backer in the day. Well, actually, you know what? Every celebrity across the globe is waking up tomorrow with their fingers crossed. They can make it through I one know. more day. Oh, please keep everybody safe. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> for the ones we don't like. <laughs> I know, right? Everybody take your vitamins. <laughs> uh, Arsenal had that win against West Brom last week, didn't they, um, on Boxing Day, where it took the This was the minutes. most Arsenal match ever. Was it? Yeah, they play, they were fine, and then nothing happened. And then you bring in Giroud, and he scores a goal. I like Giroud. He comes in for an almighty load of stick. But can I, no, I, Giroud is phenomenal. But here's my question. If Giroud either started or came in earlier in the match, would they have to wait until the 80th or further minute to win? Because this seems to be what happens. Arsenal are sort of thwarted or frustrated. Wenger brings in Giroud. Giroud scores a late match winner and we celebrate with a shot on his beautifully groomed face. Well end of match. There's the thing there's a theory where if you play Alexis or someone pacey up front, then you play those people up front and wear out the defenders uh, physically and mentally till about the eightieth minute when they're knackered and all of a sudden you bring Giroud on to finish the job. I mean it could be a very well executed plan if you think of it that way. So it seems to be working. You're right. It is working. It just, I think Giroud does, obviously it's working. It's, it it has worked. It mm. just feels like, maybe because I'm not an Arsenal fan, um, it, it it very much feels like the thing that's going to happen. 
Arsenal fans all over the world are going, yes, it is, and it's working, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) Well, Arsenal can have Mustafi back. Danny Welbeck is possibly back, although Walcott is doubtful. Uh, Damon Delaney is suspended for Palace. James MacArthur and Joe Ledley and James Tompkins are possibly back. Um, Now, of course, if Arsenal want to get under Sam Allardyce's skin, they could also use Gunnosaurus. Did you see his running with the um, Watford mascot last week? I, what did you think about that? And what did you think about the reactions? Oh, just a grown man getting upset about a... Honestly, what a wally. <laughs> he should have just gone, yeah, it was funny, and that was it. But getting all upset asking the FA to investigate a bloody mascot. <laughs> honestly, it's a grown-up man. Now, can I be honest? I didn't know that we had mascots. Oh, really? Yeah, so now I want to know. I've never seen a... I mean, I knew we had emblems. But I didn't know there were people dressed up as them. Yes, I mean, they're quite. some of them are quite famous. Gunnosaurus is quite a famous one. Um, Philbert Fox is quite famous for Leicester City. When I lived in Leicester, I actually met the person underneath Philbert Fox. Really? Yeah. Um, Cyril the Swan for Swansea is quite famous. I think it was Cyril the Swan and the Wolverhampton Wanderers mascot, who was a wolf, who about 20 years ago, they got into a proper fight on the pitch at <laughs> half-time in front of 20,000 people. <laughs> oh, no! Yeah. And, and all the children who were there that day are still in therapy. Oh, honestly. And then once a year, they have the mascot Grand National, where they do a horse race. <laughs> Instead of using horses, of course, it's just mascots <laughs> running over horse fences. You know what? That's a lot more ethical and humane. I think they should always do that instead of horse racing. Yeah, but then do you shoot the mascot at the end if he falls over? <laughs> if you break the leg, yes. <laughs> uh, well, I also haven't lost at home on New Year's Day uh, since 1985. And who was that against? <gasps> Tottenham. Was it Tottenham? Was it a London derby? It was Tottenham. Well done. Yay! Uh, they're 1-8 drawn three versus Palace in their last 11, though. So this has all got Arsenal written all over it. So I'm obviously going to say that Palace is going to win? Well, I was going to say, Arsenal lost two out of their last three, but that was that was the Manchester City and Everton. Palace have got one win in five. And Palace have not been um, necessarily wonderful. No. <laughs> not particularly. I think the opposite. Um, mm. <laughs> and the opposite of wonderful would be... Unwonderful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um yeah, these top teams have been winning, which is very frustrating. Mm. Uh, oh, I'm going to give it to Arsenal. I really don't want to. I can't but see But I have a question for you. Where do you think the goal is going to come from? Ooh, um, big wide pitch, maybe... I mean, who did, they, who did I say was that? Delaney is suspended. Tompkins is a possibility. That's their central defence, isn't it? Mm. Uh, with MacArthur and Ledley in the middle possibly I think Sanchez tearing Mm, apart their sort of makeshift defence I think although this is Allardyce versus Wenger isn't it and they don't have a great history together so it could be some hard fought nil-nil draw which Wenger sort of does well and then Mm. he'll bring Giroud in and (laughs) he'll score (laughs) in the 92nd minute exactly Um, (laughs) right shall we go to the top of the table yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go up there. So we have got tomorrow, probably the pick of the weekend. It's Liverpool in second versus Manchester City in third. Um, whoa. Whoa, I can't wait for this. I really, well, I can't wait for it in the sense that it'll be a good game. But I'm worried because Coutinho probably still on the bench. Matip is probably still out and Aguero is back after his suspension. Mm. Yes, but meaning Aguero never... Very rarely plays 
well when he comes back from any kind of rest. Oh, really? Either for Man City or for Argentina. Oh, okay. All right. I'm all happy. So, there's that. Yep. Um, Liverpool and, beat Manchester City twice last season, beat them 3-0 yes, and 4-1. And what are you, who's going to be in goal for you guys? Is, is Mignolet going to stay in goal? Because he seems to really want to prove himself and and keep that number one spot. I think he is going to be in goal because he's come back. And when they were 1-0 down to Stoke uh, the other day, who they beat, he made the... Oh, I can't remember who it was from. I think it might be Money Aza. The, the save with the sort of very tip of his big toe. Um, and sort oh, of that was away from Peter Crouch. That was a good save. Yeah. But playing against Peter Crouch is one thing. Playing against Sergio Aguero, Leroy Sane, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else could be a little bit different. This could, of course, be the last game before Gabby Jesus turns up. Mm. Oh, yeah. He'll so be, this really, uh, we'll see what, what Pep does to get his team in, in sort of shape for that formation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how did you see in the, in the game against Liverpool, Pep sitting almost next to David Moyes in the stands? No. It was very funny. I don't know who was sitting in the middle of them, but they were like sandwiched together. The Pep the Liverpool Moyes was. Uh, I don't know. And I don't know what language they would have chosen to speak to each other in either. Glaswegian. Did you see the exchange between Alexis Sanchez and Claudio Bravo? No, I didn't. I didn't. This was before Arsenal and Manchester City played each other a couple of weeks ago. They're in the tunnel. And, of course, uh, Gundogan is out injured. And Manchester City walked on the pitch um, wearing the Gundogan T-shirts. Yeah, which everybody thought meant he was on his deathbed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But in the tunnel beforehand, uh, Alexis Sanchez asked Claudio Bravo, what was the T-shirts for? And... Um, Bravo said well it's for Gundogan he's injured he's out for the season and Alexis Sanchez said well who is he is he a youth player <laughs> I've never heard of him <laughs> and Sanchez had to explain that no he was a full German international <laughs> at which point they both fell about laughing <laughs> what do you think about Claudio Bravo how he's been playing I feel really quite sorry for him I feel sorry for any player that comes into a league has a tricky start and then of course immediately everybody is on them straight away if you look at how a lot of goalkeepers have settled in the first season or so then it's difficult because he came in after a couple of games as well didn't he he didn't come in and have a pre-season with these players Um, Caballero had already played a few games in goal it's a bit like Carius he comes in Liverpool and you've got to get to know these players straight away De Gea had an awful start for Manchester United and look at him now that's true that's true I do feel. Would you personally put Carius back, um, or are you happy with Mignolet? Well, I wouldn't drop Mignolet at the moment. I wouldn't have dropped Carius in the first place. I could see mm. why he did because you take him out of the limelight, but I, I wouldn't. I think it's you stick by your players. I think a little bit. I say that as a goalkeeper myself, though. So ah, do you think that that there's a chance that Klopp because you guys are you guys have something like nine games in, in January because of the League Cup. Or you mm. you could have, right? Mm. Depending on what happens. Do you think that that maybe Klopp is sort of hedging his bets and seeing that or, or saving one for league play and one for for Premier League play? Is that a chance? I don't know. I don't quite get that rotation of goalkeepers because as I look down at my waistline now, I can tell it's not the most athletic of positions to play. 
<laughs> so you should do jumping jacks when you're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, windmills and things. Um, but yeah, I, it's not the most sort of. I don't quite get that rotating goalkeepers because it's confusing for your defence, if anything. It's the key. What do you think about this many games and why? It's almost like having. I mean, it sort of is like playing two leagues. Like, do you play two sides? What do you do? I'm of the opinion they should be allowed a week off in the summer and that's it. I hate no football being on my TV, so I don't have an awful lot of sympathy. Plus, if you see what, <laughs> if you see what I Germany... I mean, it's way more fun for us because it, I'm I'm sad whenever there's even, like, two days without well, a match. Well, exactly. So. I mean, next year is a year with an odd number, so years with odd numbers are usually pretty bad, but we've got the Confederations Cup in the summer at least. Um, oh, good, okay. Years right. with even numbers, you've either got the Euros or you've got the World Cup, so, you know, that's a little bit different. But... Um, I I don't have a lot of sympathy for uh, the winter break because if you look at what the German teams do, they go to the Middle East and play games, don't they? So I know exactly what Premier League clubs would do if they were given a mid-season break. They'd do exactly the same, I think. What about you? So we'll see We'll see how, how Liverpool is or isn't affected by their multiple games in January and maybe everyone else will... Yeah, I, I mean, to, they've got a week between games because they've got no European commitments. So, and everyone has to play the same number of games anyway, unless you have a cup run. That's true. So it's out. Yeah, I mean, you're all going to play 38 Premier League games anyway. So, you know, yeah, I don't have an awful lot of sympathy. Um, Manchester City haven't won at Anfield since 2003 when Nicholas Anelka scored the winner. And Adam Good, Nelka, I would like them to keep not winning. I would as well. I would like to keep <laughs> not winning. I, don't, I can't see it happening, but, you know. I don't know. Liverpool, I'm not saying this because I want you to keep inviting me on. I'm really not. <laughs> Liverpool, they just surprise you. And they really, where their defense was sort of whew, holier than Christmas and Hanukkah combined at one point. <laughs> I think that, that Lovren has has figured out his role back there and Hopefully Matip will be better. Um, and somehow everybody has figured out these incredible, strange, overlapping runs to make them be able to play on all places all at once. Like Firmino and Origi were on the same part of the pitch mm. and it magically worked to combine. I cannot tell you how that worked because it made no sense to me watching it. <laughs> but it made sense on the field. It it made magic happen. It just happened. And I'm watching this going, uh, Divac, that's not going to... Oh, no, it did. It worked. It worked. Yeah. And it, it, it happened. And the same with Origi so, in the fact that he he didn't have a, a great season last season. Well, the season he was on loan after the World Cup, he was on loan at Lille. Um, and he didn't have a great season. And he just seems to be coming into his own under Klopp again. Adam Lallana has got seven goals and six assists in the Premier League. That's the most this season for a midfielder. And he, Jordan Henderson has, whereas I think he was going to be an okay striker, has become a great playmaker. Mm. I think everybody's sort of set, you know, found, except for Daniel Sturridge, although, you know, Daniel Sturridge getting sort of a 20-minute opportunity and his first play of the game is to get his very first Premier League goal of the season. Phenomenal. You know, everybody is really coming into their own. Um, 
I don't know. I think that Klopp has done something to this team, which is to give everybody um, an opportunity to find their own way. Even James Milner, and I apologize for ever saying that James Milner was only good at taking penalties, um, <laughs> because I think he is. But James Milner finding long, powerful crosses, I don't think he he would have had the confidence or the or the vision to do that a couple years ago. And now, because of the way that everybody else is playing around him, he's found that in himself. Um, so I'm really curious to see what happens when um, Coutinho comes back. I think that there's a chance that it's going to coincide with Mane going to Senegal for the African Cup of Nations. Um, so it might really work well. But I think that, that Liverpool is going to continue to surprise, and I think what Man City doesn't do well is adjust. So I think that if Liverpool can surprise them and find and, and force them out of position, mm-hmm. that's where they have a chance. Okay, well, good. I'm all invigorated now. I'm full of good, full of positivity. Great. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea Stoke. Uh, this is the Mark Hughes movie, of course. Oh, this one, Chris. What? How? Who is making weird voodoo Chelsea magic? And how can we get them to stop? I don't like it. It's Antonio Conte. Well, enough already. Can we bribe him? Can we speak to him in Italian? Can I send him some homemade gnocchi? Because I will do all those things. Uh, I don't know any Italian other than asking for water that's not fizzy. I come in around no gassetto, por favor. I will learn how to say your team winning is making me really sad well, in Italian. We said this before on, on the podcast. I said this with Alex on the podcast. I get a feeling if you upset Antonio Conte, he will smile to you. And then three months later, you will wake up in bed one morning and find him stood over you with a pillow and a gun. <laughs> but he'll still be smiling. Oh, he'll still be smiling. Yeah. But, you know, it won't be a nice smile. I hate watching Chelsea because you know they're <laughs> going to win. You just know that's going to happen. And I thought, I thought against Burnmouth, well, now they don't have Diego Costa. They're going to be a little shaken up. But there's Antonio Costa. Antonio Costa. See, Antonio Conte going, ah, no Costa, no problem. However you say that in Italian. And they I can't in. say it without sounding a bit racist, so I won't. Oh, see, I can't even say it without sounding angry. <laughs> they... They go and they break their stupid club record for stupid consecutive wins. And I go and have a tantrum because I have to play them soon. Well, I don't got, know. They got Canty and Costa back for this game. I do like Diego Costa. Here's the other problem. Diego Costa hasn't had a full-on tantrum since like the third week. Mm. What's happening? He probably woke that's... up in bed one day and saw Antonio Conte. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like any of this. <laughs> I really like Diego Costa. Really? Yeah. I Oh, I love players like that. I'd love to play against him if I was a defender. But he's winning. I don't, so mind I if don't he's, like him. I don't mind if he's... Well, I don't, I don't, you can't, I don't dislike people for winning because we all want to win, don't we? But I just, I just love his... I don't think he's a particularly hard player. He's not like a sort of hard man footballer, but he's just a Machiavellian sneak and I love players like that. He's not Paolo Montero by any means, but you know he's 
No, he's he's oh he's I like Costa. Him for, I like him for the same reason I like Suarez. Suarez is a master of the dark arts as well. And I like oh, I, li- we I like compare them. <laughs> I knew that would upset you. <laughs> <laughs> but I I love pantomime villains. Uh, it's um, just go so frustrating watching them. Yeah, I don't is. know where their weakness is right now. It is. There's a sort of relentless metronome to them winning, isn't there? Yeah. And uh, and they're... Okay, so so Pedro is out, right, for the next at least two matches? He's suspended, think? isn't he? Yeah. He's injured. He's injured. Oh, injured, sorry. Yeah. Um, but But even then... There's no worry. They've got, I mean, Eden Hazard, I think, is, is so talented. And I think, whereas, like, two seasons ago, he'd have those runs of, of laziness or complacency. He's on fire this season. There's nothing stopping him. And, and you're right. Costa is just playing so well. And now that they're coming back to full strength, it's like, we're, What's going to stop them? Nothing. I think only them... that's not the right answer because I don't like it. Well, <laughs> I'm afraid <laughs> it's the answer you're going to get. <laughs> I mean, the thing is with Conte, he's a absolute born winner. I mean, there's the story about the fact that Juventus, uh, when he was managing them, were on 99 points or something like that, and one game in the season left, and he really wanted that to break the hundred points barrier. Um, and he's giving a team talk, and Buffon arrives late for the team talk, and he says, uh, and Conte says, why are you late? And Buffon says, well, I've been sorting out win bonuses for the season. And Conte tears an absolute strip off of him for <gasps> being late for the meeting. And the reason he's late for the meeting is because he's sorting out money. He, and of all the players, and he said, of, you know, of all the players to do this, I wouldn't expect you to do it. But in front of the team, he absolutely pulls Buffon apart. And of course, they go out and win their next game because they were all too scared to lose. This is when they'd won the league by about 15 points as well. But he was so angry at the fact that, you know, he'd been personally personally let down by, the you know, Mr. Juventus. So, right, and by Gigi Buffon of all people, exactly. who's like Mr. Italy on top of it. Well, yeah, exactly. So, you know, the reason why Chelsea have won all these games is, I should imagine, much the force of personality of Conte. Although, Marcos Alonso has made 16 starts and had 16 wins. Oh, okay, so, so you're saying there's a chance... Uh, if no. you get rid of, no, no. I'm not saying there's any chance whatsoever. Well, there might be a chance for your boys. You're all um, you're away at Watford, aren't you? In the Ramon Vega derby. <laughs> I like the names of your derbies much better. Yeah. Um, except that, yes, we're away. But and Vertonghen and, Wa- and uh, Kyle Walker are suspended for accumulation. And they're um, out. And right, and and Toby's out with again with back spasms. Oh no! Like, According to the Premier League website, you might be back. Really? Mm. Oh, good. Okay, I kept checking yesterday. Okay, back, back. Because um, I worry. Uh, oh, you should do. Yeah, I'm just you know nervous about him and his health. Um. Yeah, I. Oh no, I'm afraid to call this one because I don't want to jinx it. I, no, I, I understand that. I'm the same with Liverpool, so that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Well, Daryl Yamat and Valeron Bahrami are injured for Watford. Um, and Harry Kane, on a 
could make a hundred Premier League if he plays tomorrow. It'll make a hundred Premier League appearances. That oh, is oh appearances. Okay, fine, good. Yes, yeah, Premier League Great. appearances. And that is fifty-seven goals in those ninety-nine appearances so far. I love Hurricane. Hurricane needs to show up though all the time because when he doesn't show up, he's going to snap in half. Some, yeah, he's going to snap in half at some point. <laughs> he's so cute. Well, he is, but he's going to be so completely and utterly knackered. By the time he's 30, he'll be done in. Well, but, you know, we'll we'll take care of him. We'll, we'll send him cookies. He'll be playing for Man United by then, so. No, oh, no. <laughs> oh, he's one of our own. Don't you hear the song? Oh, uh, we'll yeah. Song louder. <laughs> we'll be louder tomorrow. Don't worry. Well, Watford have never beaten Spurs in the Premier League. Oh, and no, you've won your last three matches. I know, but but this is what we do. We go to pieces. Troy Deeney's been playing really well. Scored his 100th goal for Watford the other day. Was that against Crystal Palace? Yeah, well, he said himself it was like a big monkey off his back because he said that he was um, sort of... He'd felt the pressure of that 100th goal for quite some time, so he's quite pleased to have scored it. Yeah, it's been going really well. I think that we... We just... Yes, we won, and that's great. But I think if we hadn't been playing against Southampton, it would have been a lot harder because we just took too much time to get back together after giving up that very early goal. And that's like that's a luxury that I don't think we can take mm. anymore. Um, and I get like with Harry Kane, I think that a lot of our players just take too long to sort of click into form. Like Eric Dyer for a long part of the game was just sort of absent and... That can't happen when you're playing not against a Southampton that's missing Arnautovic and, you know, is Southampton. Arnautovic? He plays for Stoke. Stoke, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The other, the other one that sounds like... Right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A one-game loan. I'm thinking ponytails. But... Although he cut us off, which was great. Who's cut his off? Arnautovic. Has that he? silly... Yeah. Oh, and Firmino cut his ponytail off. Everybody did a good job with yeah, hair. This could be their Samson moment. Except Firmino's still playing really well. Uh, Maybe that's why Arnaud is suspended. Yeah, I did find it weird how he had his hair like that. And I thought, well, he can't hair the football properly, can he? Firmino? It was just, yeah. I think the word you're looking for is dumb. Yeah. Because it was <laughs> just not, I don't know how anybody let him go out of the house like that. Uh, no. Least of all misses for me. Go on then. One, yeah. One word answer. What's, what's the score going to be tomorrow? I can't. Oh, I can't do this one. You have I to do this one. You. Okay. If it's I'm... my team, I can't. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go Watford nil Spurs too. <gasps> okay. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, we used to do Premier League prediction game on this podcast, and I came last both seasons. We did it. Ooh. Okay. You're going to come first though in this one. Uh, uh, let's hope. Let's hope. Okay. You'll I... predict the score, and I'll predict that you're going to win. <laughs> Excellent. Manchester United versus Middlesbrough. Loads of this is an everybody derby. Manchester United sold loads of players to Middlesbrough at one point. Middlesbrough's going to win. Are they? Yes. Because they have Uruguayans and because I don't want Jose Mourinho to win. Well, Middlesbrough scored three goals at Old Trafford three times in the Premier League era. Um, and that's more than any other team. Or they're the only team to do that at Old Trafford. Did they score three and win? Um, or did they score three and lose 5 3? <laughs> Don't know. I ask the hard-hitting question. <laughs> they've not won since 2005 there, but they've, of course they've, oh. been, they've been in the championship for most of that time. Okay. They're very good friends, the, the Jose and um, Itor Karenka. 
who reminds me a little bit of Rafael Nadal. I can see that. Yeah. Reminds me a little of uh, Kike Sanchez Flores. No, Kike Sanchez Flores reminds me of um, a sort of exotic foreign Phil Brown. Oh, huh. I can actually also see that. Strange. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um, um, I'm going to go Manchester United, I'm afraid. Yeah, I don't want to, but I do. They've been playing also just just obnoxiously well. Yeah. It makes me very sad. Well, let's move on quickly, shall we? We won't talk All right. about them. Let's, Get out of there. Yeah. yeah. Leicester City versus West Ham. This is the Tony Cotty derby. Ooh. Um, do you remember this one last season? Well, Leicester won. No, they didn't. No, wait. This was the Pyatt. Oh, I remember this one. Go on. Oh, what's going to... Okay. This was the one. It was about April time, wasn't it? And Leicester on their great run. And they were winning 1-0. Jamie Vardy got a red card. Then they went... They conceded two goals in the last 10 minutes. And then in the 95th minute, Leonardo Ujoa scored a penalty and they drew 2-2. What? Do you remember all this? This was when everybody sort of realized who Ujoa was. This was, was this not when Ujoa got his first call up for Argentina? Oh, has he? Oh, he has since. Yeah, but was that because of this? I, I remember that red card. Yeah. What? And Leicester have been just not... <laughs> Again, opposite of good. Um, not good. Not good. Un-good. Yeah, un ungood. Um, well, ironically, but Jamie also Vardy's West Ham well. has not. Oh, has he been? Yeah, he's still suspended. Is not, that... not from that same red card. No, different red card. <laughs> <laughs> but that's is that because of this Everton game, the last Everton game? Uh, he got sent off, didn't he, for a two-footed tackle on somebody? Stoke, mm. wasn't it? It was a Stoke game. Oh, still from that match. Okay. West Ham, though, also have not been playing great. Uh, are they not? They won. They beat Swansea four one, didn't they? And they, they did, won, but they won again, their last that's three. Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I don't know how to call this one, Chris. I don't know. Let's go for a draw again, shall we? Should we go for a crazy one, like 2-2? Yeah, come on, we'll sit on the fence and go for a 2-2 draw. Okay, I would like Dimitri Payet to score a goal, because I just feel like he should. He should mm. be scoring goals. And I think... I think let's give Okazaki two. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Go on, we'll do that. Okay, great. Danny what Drinkwater. a good game that's going to be. It would be good. Danny Drinkwater could created. be Yeah, in our heads, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be awful in real life. <laughs> Danny Drinkwater could be back for uh, for Leicester. Was he suspended as well? I think he was. I Everyone yeah. was suspended, weren't they? Yeah, maybe there was a thing where players realised if I get sent off in this game, I get Christmas off. Wasn't that? Didn't that happen in League One? Weren't there like nineteen red cards? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe leagues should look at that and give their players off. I'd be sad, but also there would be fewer red cards. <laughs> Well, look, having spent a good nine days at home with my own family, I would probably do my utmost to stay on the pitch. All <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right, last of all is Southampton versus uh, West Bromwich Albion. This is the Ricky Lambert derby. Oh, Ricky Lambert. Yeah, he's Cardiff now, I think, isn't he? He was great. Um, This one is going to finish eight to nine. No, it won't. Um, <laughs> it could do. 3-0 to Southampton last season. Ah. Okay. 
let's think this one through. Who is out for Southampton? Uh, well, Nathan Redman is suspended and Charlie Austin is out. That's a big one. Charlie Austin's out for a very long time, isn't he? Southampton yeah. is really going to do some thinking. So that Southampton don't have a history of buying anyone in the transfer window. But, but are they going to lose Virgil van Dijk? Because he is so good, speaking of ponytails. He could do, do you know what? Hopefully he's got Liverpool written all over him. Where would you put him? What would you do with him? I would take Lovren out, put him on a boat back to Croatia and never ever see him ever again. And put but him would next you to John put Van Dijk far back? I'd have him and defense. just let him run? Yeah, I'd have him in defence next to John Matip. It would, it could work. He's he is he's great and he's fun to watch. Mm. He really is. I mean, I know they were playing against Tottenham, and so I, he made me nervous. But he puts his head down. He they've got some really great link up players. I'm giving this to Southampton. Who am I kidding? Yeah. Uh, let's yeah yeah. Well, they're in the they, better form. You know, but their set pieces are great. Yep. And and I know they don't have Charlie Austin, but. But they can put Shane Long in, and they've got Van Dyke, and and they've got Font, who's great. Is he back? Is he? He's back. Yeah. Oh, good. As captain, back. Oh, excellent. Okay. Well, look, West Brom lost three out of their last four, but they was against Arsenal, Manchester United, and Chelsea. So. So they should have won, is what you're saying. No, they've well, got no. Ex- anyone could lose those three games. <laughs> they really should have beaten Chelsea, just for me. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, Claude yeah. Pluel is the 83rd different manager Tony Pulis has faced in the Premier League. Wow. That's an awful lot of managers he's faced. Claude Puel always reminds me of a um, Pink Panther villain. Yes. Oh, yes, you can imagine him with... Sort like of... He needs a beret and, and twirl a little mustache. I'm and sorry, big... French people, but that's <laughs> what I think of. And a big long sort of cigarette in a, cigar- in a cigarette yeah, holder. Yeah, in a little holder. Mm. <laughs> oh, he would be good. He would be good. Right, well, our Premier League roundup done for this weekend. Right, do you fancy a review of 2016? <gasps> yes. Okay. Yes, because I've homework. done my homework. Because when people give me homework, I do it. Well, you should do. You're a teacher. I know. I know. How can I expect my kids to do it if I don't? Exactly. I mean, I wasn't the greatest of pupils, but, you know, I did my homework. Well, I'll give you an A for that one. Oh, thank you. Do you guys get A's in school? No, you don't, do you? I didn't, but you you do get them. Okay. <laughs> One count. Yeah. Okay. I've heard players do get them. Right, so we're going to go for player of the year, goal of the year, team of the year, manager of the year, uh, game of the year, and then last one is the moment of the year. So first of all, player of the year. Who have uh, you gone for? Okay. okay, I went a little sideways with this one, and I was going to go with Coutinho because he had never impressed me before. He always was sort of like giving me a Nani-esque feeling. Mm. But... For the first time this year, I saw his true potential. But also, Kalichi and Nacho, same way, just came racing out of the box and is super-duper exciting to watch. However, I don't like his team and I don't want to give it to him. Um, I Isn't think I'm going to Premier League. It could be anybody. Oh, anyone in the whole wide world, planet? Yeah. yeah. Really? Mm. Oh, I'm rethinking all of my homework. <laughs> or should I get to tell oh. you mine one, then? Well, yeah, you'll have a yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I kind of thought, well, you kind of have to go for who's the best player, but then you get sort of stuck with the Messi, Suarez, Ronaldo thing. But I've gone for the player that makes me excited to watch, and that's Gianluigi Donnarumma of AC Milan. 
Oh, I like that. Oh, I guess. I mean, I'm a huge, huge Gianluigi Buffon fan, but I do get excited every time I see this guy play. And considering his age and he's so young, but he just looks so assured and so comfortable. How old is he? Is he 17? He wears 99 on the back of his shirt, so I'm assuming he's. Oh. He lives in a convent, apparently. What? Yeah, near the um, Milan, either Milan training ground or the, or the San Siro, there is a convent where he and a couple of the other younger players live. Oh my god, that's fascinating for a hysterical bajillion reasons. Now I want to look all that up. Um, okay, all right, I've got it then. Go on then. I think I know it. Okay. Oh, except that there's so many. Oh, there are so many. Okay, I think I'm going to go with Diego Lachalte, who also is a, is a baby. Um, and he had been playing for Uruguay's... I've seen him play for the under-17s and the under-20s, and he just got traded. He'd been playing in Uruguay's league, and he got traded to Genoa. Um, he'd been playing in Defensor, and he is... And he, he, so he just got his first couple caps for a national team. And he plays with cornrows in his hair and he plays with that kind of, he's super talented, but he also, when he plays, he plays like Ronaldinho used to play with that kind of joy. He's always looking around like he can't believe he's so lucky to be on the pitch. Mm. Um, so he's super great. I think he's going to be one of the, the, like, capstones of our um national team in the coming years but it's also so you smile watching him because you could tell how proud and excited he is to be playing on the pitch so it's just to watch and i think for genoa it's it's um the same thing it's he he can play um on the left and he also like when he puts his head down and attacks it's like watching a puppy run. He just like gets the wind in his little cornrows and he goes full sail. Fantastic. What's his name again? Diego Lasalt. Diego Lasalt. L A X A L T. Oh, he's even got a cool sounding name. A I know. Cool spelling name. Yeah. <laughs> well, look. I mean, all my picks are people who aren't necess- or things that aren't necessarily the best, but things that may be really, really happy this year. So, I think you know it's easy to go for That's the obvious. That's why we ones. love football though exactly you know, they... yeah exactly i did go for claudia ranieri my manager of the year um i know he's not had a very good last few months but leicester are qualified first of the champions league group and they are premier league champions and for all the stick he's had over his career it must be a happy happy moment for him he seems like such a nice guy too oh he does i i'm a native of leicester and i know some people that say that he does so that live there still and he does so much charity work for places in the area um and also uh the village in which he lives the school had the school play and um one of the teachers put a little note through his door saying could you possibly turn up and say something nice at our school play for our our village hall and he did oh how could you not have that man as manager with you i love that (laughs) He only had about 10 minutes because he's a very busy man, as you would be as a Premier League manager, but he found time in his day to go and see some kids at a school play in the evening. That's so sweet. After. That is really sweet. I like that a lot. Yeah. So who have you gone for? Um, 
so now I was going to go with Pochettino because I do, I do really love him. But now that you've let me loose on the world, um, I'm going to go with Brian Schmetzer from the Seattle Sounders. Um, they won their first MLS Cup. And they get, they just, so they've got two Uruguayans. I am a little, a little, <laughs> a lot biased. Who am I kidding? Um, but they won their very first cup and they, Brian Schmetzer was their assistant coach. And when their coach left, he was promoted to head coach and just, um, went on this crazy run that shocked everyone and, and made Seattle into a, a football town. And, um, their win was so, also went to penalties and so fun. I hate penalties, but it was so fun to watch. It was really great. I go to trouble and pretty the week because I suggested that I quite like the old one-on-one thing that they used to do in the MLS. The, what, what did they call that? The I golden goal? No, what it was is you had um, the goalkeeper in goal uh, because in the end of the M- I don't know if it's still happened, they wouldn't allow draws in the MLS. So what would happen? Oh, ever, game, right? Yeah. Yeah. If it was a, <laughs> this is a long time ago. So if there's ever a draw at the end of the game, what you would do? You have a goalkeeper stood in goal, and a player stands in the centre circle, and he has to run to the goal and try and round the keeper and score. I thought it was brilliant. But I think I, they should have dance off. I. Sh- <laughs> you know, like Peter Crouch and Daniel Sturridge would always win. That's true. Oh, look, I'm looking at them now. The Seattle Sounders, their roster. And they're very... They've got American players, Jamaicans, Panamanians, yeah. Swiss, Mexican, Uruguayans, Cubans. And Clint Dempsey. And Clint Dempsey, who didn't play because he was injured. But oh, he's we don't cool. need him. Oh, yeah. You got, okay. It's hard to argue against those. Right? Yeah. I know. Chad Marshall. That's probably the most American name you've ever heard. <laughs> I think Clint Dempsey is probably... Because I think his actual name is Clinton. Clint Dempsey. They are very cool names, aren't they? Right? Yeah. Very definitely. Texan. Like, you can imagine them putting on a a 10-gallon hat and some cowboy boots. Yes. Firing guns in the air. Swaggering alley. somewhere. We all do that, to be honest. I'm After this podcast, I'm going to go do the same thing. <laughs> yeah? You're going to go find Billy the Kid or something? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to get on my horse get a beer what else do we think we do um yeah and, and shoot guns at barrels that'd be good that yeah would, we all that, do that that does sound good fun though that does not sound like <laughs> any kind of fun <laughs> oh you shoot them at barrels not people no one should have guns uh okay so all right how do you get how do you <laughs> how do you get liquor from the barrels then oh you're right um an axe oh that's yeah okay no one ever we died with those... an axe before right <laughs> Uh, what's your team of the year? I gone for Iceland at the Europeans at the Euros. Yes, me too. Did you? Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. know. They, I know. They we beat all us. learned the chant and the and the. I'm doing it right now. Like everyone can see me. Like the hands over the head clap. Yeah. And man, we love an underdog. They were so fun. Well, they were, and they all looked very Game of Thronesy, didn't they? Right, and and like, who doesn't want to root for Vikings? Well, exactly. I did read that something like 8% of the entire country's population had gone to the Euros. <laughs> the country must have been empty. Like, nobody got their mail because their postman was probably their, you know, defensive midfielder, yeah. which is amazing. It seems a very empty place anyway, but but yeah. I mean, I know they beat us in the knockout phase, but you know what? I tweet at a time that funny football is better than good football. 
<laughs> Years ago, I think it was Nike. They they during the, the qualifiers they had this series of long commercials about um underdog teams and they've been on my list ever since that I wanted to go to. Iceland was one, the Faroe Islands were another, the Silly Islands. The Silly um, Yeah Yes. Their team. That just seems amazing because the members of their team are also like the you know the the dentist and the the town I forget cobbler I think or this was at the time yeah and so when they play the team doesn't get ma- the town doesn't get mail because the mailman is playing and it just looks so beautiful but also such an incredible football and culture because everybody goes to see them um, Andorra and Gibraltar. Were the other two, yeah. So those are on my my bucket list of places that I want to go. Do you know how many teams there are in the Arsenal Silly League? Two, I think, right? Yes, yes. So, how do you choose? Uh, um, well, imagine if you can't get into either team. Oh, then you're not good. No, I've never been. <laughs> I mean, they're about twenty miles off the coast of Cornwall. I've never been because it's uh, they're an absolute rip off to go to because it's such a captive market. Because if you're not going to get toilet roll from one shop in the Isles of Scilly, where else are you going to get it from? <laughs> and everybody needs toilet roll. Bring rolls. it from Cornwall. Well, you can do, but at some point you're going to run out. But you can walk from one island to the other at some points. At really, really low tides. If there's a low spring tide, you can walk from one island oh, to the other. Come on, it's worth it. You have to go. Um, no, I don't fancy it. Bring your own toilet paper oh. and your own peanut butter, but go. Yeah, If I like peanut butter, I would. Oh, oh no. Do you not, do you, oh, no, I can't stand peanut butter. Okay, that is an American thing, I think. I know, I know a lot of people that do like it, but I can't stand it. When I go to Uruguay, I bring my own peanut butter. It's not a thing that you get there. Ugh, no. <laughs> no. I did see a man on the telly once who, who was a British guy who lived in Florida, and he had a shop, and his shop was selling British products that you couldn't get in America to the expats that lived there. Oh, yeah, there are a lot of them. When oh. I lived in L.A., I lived next to a big one. Yeah. And... It made huge, incredible. I mean, it was where I bought all my tea because American tea is not, I don't know what it is, but it's definitely not tea. So I'd go in for my PG tips and there would be desperate British expats stocking up on, you know, Marmite and pickled things and, and definitely chocolate. Yeah. Um, all the Cadbury's all the time and Weedabix, weird things that you don't expect to mix, to miss. Yeah. But, you know, you look at them like, has my Weetabix come in yet? I can't live without it. Yeah, and I wonder why so few players go and play abroad from this country. Because they miss their Marmite. <laughs> they miss their and, Marmite. And their PG tips. Yep. And their Typhoo. Yes. You want a new ego for Typhoo. Well, Ian Rush, he never actually said it, but there was the urban myth that he, when he went to Juventus, he said that he didn't like living there. It was like living in a foreign country. <laughs> Luther Blissett did say you couldn't get Rice Krispies in Milan. Really? Rice Krispies? That's what you mess. They turn to mush. Yeah, I don't like Rice My daughter drinks Rice... She has Rice Krispies with orange juice instead of milk. That's fascinating. Mmm. Well, it's you awful. get more vitamin C. You do. You do. Right? Yeah. So maybe you just onto something. Uh, yeah, it does look very old. Very old. My favourite copcast is the one where... Little Liam drinks his tea and Luis Suarez is drinking his mate and he's trying to ask Luis Suarez if he dunks biscuits in his mate. It's the <laughs> cutest thing I've ever seen. And does he? No, but Liam's like schooling him on 
he's so proper and he's saying, well, you know, we do drink tea. Like he's doing it wrong. <laughs> I don't know what weird thing you're doing, but it's not right. <laughs> um, so oh, this is very cute. What was your game of the year? I've gone for Liverpool versus Borussia Dortmund in the Europa League semi-final, which is what Dave went for, didn't he, on his podcast. But, I mean, he was saying that when he when Dejan Lovren scored the winner, he jumped up and nearly smashed the light in his ceiling. My, oh. my TV is underneath my kid's bedroom, and if I had screened how I wanted to have screened, I would have woken them up, definitely. Uh, and I live in an apartment, so, you know... We have to be mindful of our neighbors. Um, I went for Swansea Palace just oh. for the weirdness factor. Mm. Um, it just seemed like the strangest, kookiest game ever. And I, I would never have predicted 5-4. I would never have predicted the, the weird goal choreography of that game. Um, and as a neutral, fan of neither Swansea nor Palace. It was so fun to watch. It was, wasn't it? I mean, the fact that yeah. it was 3-1, then 3-3, and then, yeah, or 4-4, four, four, whatever it came in the end. Yeah, it was bizarre. It just made no sense. And Alan Pardew lost at the end of it. Yes! Which kind of made it more satisfying. Yeah. I mean, if Bob Bradley's going to go and get fired, at least make one of the games he wins versus Alan Pardew. And was that his very first game? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Oh, good. Um... Your goal of the year. Okay, so this was when I thought we could only do Premier League, but I'm going to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I apologize to everyone for my very clear Uruguayan bias that has come out just strong. Um, this is Gaston Ramirez mm. for Borough versus Burnmouth. Yeah. When he picked up the ball in his own half, super close to his area, and then dribbled the ball for like a bajillion yards um, obviously I don't believe in hyperbole at all, got into the Burnmouth box all by himself and then did that insane, like, cut again, showing you all with my hands, like you can see me, but believe me when I tell you that it was magical, got all the way around Boric and then gave Burrow the lead and it was, it was beautiful. Well, South Americans got a habit of scoring goals from starting inside their own halves against English teams. Yes, it was very like both Pele and Maradona. Yes. Esque. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Which was yours? Uh, my goal was. Um, I'm a real big fan of breakaway goals. So you, you, this was Bastian Schweinsteiger versus the Ukraine in the Euros. Oh, and I'm glad you gave something to Bastian because he said that's so hard here. <laughs> he needs it, doesn't he? Um, yeah, this was a goal that uh, Germany were defending a corner from their own. Um, uh, in, their, in their, sort of, their own area the Ukraine were taking a corner and then I don't know who it was but someone got the ball on the left hand side Schweinsteiger had only just come on the pitch as a sub otherwise I don't think he'd been able to run as far um, and your man crosses it across one bounce straight past all the Uruguay, Uru, Ukrainian uh, defenders and Schweinsteiger's there bashes it into the corner turns around and runs towards his own bench and celebrates at his bench I love breakaway goals they're so full of energy they're so fantastic to watch yeah, I love the reactions to them as well. That sort of shocked the light on everybody's face. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, what was your moment of the year? I didn't have one. What? I looked so hard. This was me scouring the internet and going, oh, that was good. Oh, that was good. Oh, that was good. But there are so many. There are so many. And I don't know how to pick. This is like picking your favorite book or for you picking your favorite kid. And please oh, don't tell me you have a favorite yeah. kid. <laughs> Everyone does. 
We've got an hour and a spare. <laughs> um, I don't know. Chris, help. Well, Maybe my favourite moment will be your favourite moment. I went for Andrea Florenzi at the Euros again. Um, this was oh, in the match against... good one. This is the... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is the match against Germany where Thomas Muller, uh, he cuts inside the Italian defender and he's shooting towards the corner. He's beaten Buffon and Florenzi comes running past and sticks his... He sort of... I don't know what he does. He sort of leaps into the air, doesn't he? And it hits the back of his boot and goes wide. And the thing is, it's not a freak. He actually intends to do it. It's not like I remember he's... the reactions to that moment from oh. my Italian friend on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. I mean, that, that was the thing. It was the fact that it all happened so quick and you see him run past and you watch it again in slow motion. You see him run past the ball and you think, what on earth is he doing? And then he just leaps in the air and sticks his boot out. He makes the movement with his boot towards the ball as he's in midair. I mean, I've got no idea how he did it. If I did that, I'd probably break my back. But oh, it's fantastic. I have a, I have a moment. Go on. A, a sort of like oh my goodness moment, which is the covers of all the Argentinian papers when Messi and Mascherano and co announced their retirement, which is then obviously rescinded. Um, and, and all the like pleading and, and praying. And there was one um, op-ed in, in one paper in Argentina that said that they were going to send prayers to the Pope who's Argentinian, to pray that Messi would um, change his mind. And maybe they did, because it worked. It's nice of God to find time in all these prayers for Syria. Uh, to well, it's not like there's that. anything else really important in the world. Yeah. So I think when you prioritize you know, the need for prayer, yeah. changing Messi and, and Javier Mascherano's mind about playing football is, um, is really up there. Well, I, I, do you know what I have to say? There's room in my heart for various things. My wife, my children, um, Xavi Alonso and Javier Mascarano. There's, there's <laughs> parts of my heart that have always got a place for them. So, you know, I can kind of understand God on this occasion, looking away from Aleppo and towards Buenos Aires. <laughs> right. I think in this case it was Rosario, but definitely um, in the general sort of southeastern direction. Yeah. Oh, is he from Rosario? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I thought... Where the Pope is from. Oh really? Oh, here yep. we go. That's is... why. There you go. It's it was it was a very specific and purposeful prayer. That's a conflict of interest. <laughs> Speaking of which, I tell you what, we're going to end the podcast in a second. But uh, a quick word on Carlos Tevez becoming the highest paid footballer in the world. Oh, do you think this was the right choice? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going. I tell you what, if you lived in you living in New York and someone offered you six hundred and sixty thousand dollars a week to go be a teacher in China, tell me you would say um, no on grounds okay, of morality. But if, I, if this was the same person who was like, "No, I can't do the thing that I love," so if I was trying, okay, I left my theater company, and this is my true life. I left my theater company in Los Angeles that I loved so so much. Because I was homesick and I came back to New York to live near my family. It was a very tough decision. Right? Carlos Tevez left playing to go back to Boca because he was so homesick. Carlos Tevez now is going to China, which is much farther away than Europe. In proximity to Argentina. So how does the homesickness factor weigh in? 
Uh, I should imagine that it, he can now afford homesickness pills with that extra money uh, he's being paid. Can, but he's also about to have a baby, and China has a lot of air pollution. Can he afford that? There's a lot of things that I don't quite understand. I think China is unbelievable. I would love to go visit. I think culturally it's fascinating. I think you could take great pictures. I think he's going to have great food. But the fact that it's Carlos Tevez who went home to Argentina because he was so homesick and needed to play at home. I'm stressing the word home here (laughs) because China is not his home. I think it's really interesting. Well, it's not like anyone should be surprised. He said he wanted to leave Manchester City because he wanted to be closer to home. Home is the operative word. Yeah. Home. Not, not Turin or Beijing. <laughs> right. And I think, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know, 600 whatever million pounds maybe buys you home. Yeah. I have to say, if someone offered me this, that amount of money to do my job over in China, as much as I wouldn't actually want to go to China, I think I probably would do it. And maybe you would just build yourself an exact replica of Cornwall. Because you could probably do it with that yeah, much money. Like the Dubai Islands. Yeah, you could do, couldn't you? Right. Please build me the sea over here. Yeah. My cliffs over here. Yeah. And right. please ship me all the PG tips and, <laughs> and Rice Krispies I want. Uh, if I drank tea, then yes. It would be um, pasties or something. I no suppose. tea and no peanut butter? I don't, I don't like tea. Oh, Chris, I don't, how do you live? Um, off of red meat. <laughs> oh, no, I did have an excellent vegetarian pasty in Cornwall. I have to say, did you? That's an oxymoron. I did. Surely, it was so good. So many vegetables in so much pastry. Mm. Yeah, you're not sold me. Because <laughs> <laughs> we do empanadas, which is our version. You do what? Sorry, empanadas. They sound better. I'd rather I'd rather eat an empanada than a pasty. Mm, all right they sound good right well that brings us to the end of this podcast uh and it brings us to the end of 2016 a podcast of one of the post um and you can download us and the world football index uh on itunes there have been some very good ones on the world football index recently haven't they they've been all the roundups of 2016 through the various different regions from everywhere yeah yeah they've been pretty good they have um that's at world football i isn't it on twitter World Football Eye. You did it. We both did it. Look, we know exactly what to tell people. Exactly. Yeah, it's like seamless. It's almost like it's rehearsed. <laughs> almost. <laughs> uh, that's them. Yeah, you can download them from iTunes and subscribe to them on iTunes as well. Um, Man of the Post, you can download from iTunes. At Man of the Post is the Twitter website uh, or the Twitter um, page. Man of the Post.com is the website. Uh, we have got a fledgling Instagram account should you um, um, want photos every six months of Ricardo Quaresma that I post. You should absolutely want that. Oh, why wouldn't you want a picture of Ricardo Charisma? <laughs> for, for no reason whatsoever. Uh, go on that Instagram immediately if you're listening. Yeah, there you go. Uh, if they want to follow you, Jesse, on Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, you go at at at, at, at Jesse Loesch. That's Loesch. it. That's as easy as it is. How do they follow you? Uh, at C Armband. We've made it easy on them, really. Yeah. Loesch is L-O-S-C-H, isn't it? Oh, yeah. In case anybody thinks it's You just L-O-S-C-H. made it even easier. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't know if there'll be a um, Sunday show or not, because that'll be New Year's Day. So I don't know if Ross and the guys will be back to review games. Plus, there's games next week as well, midweek as well. So I've got a busy week next week. But we've already told them how those games are going to turn out. Uh, so there's no point listening. Exactly. Fine. You, you know. You know all the things. Oh, there we go. Uh, well, thank you everyone for coming on. 
Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This is fun. No problem. It's good fun. And always remember to keep your man on the post. (laughs) 